This is Irish Illustrated Insider. It is March 12th. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley. And we are about to discuss topics that I never, obviously never imagined. COVID-19 and the state of spring football. Very much in jeopardy, not only for Notre Dame, but everybody else. We're seeing it in professional sports. We're seeing it in the NCAA basketball tournament coming up in the conference tournaments. Uh, needless to say, we've seen some crazy things along the way, the vacating of victories. The George O'Leary situation was a very strange, strange ordeal that I lived through. And of course, the Declan Sullivan situation was was tragic. But this is, um, this is worldwide, uh, how it will impact Notre Dame football, football in general. That's changing literally every hour of the day. We were prepared for four years for the day vacating situation so that was just one of those yeah. things that finally happened yeah it's uh i don't think i mean getting ahead of ourselves I, I don't think the ncaa tournament will be played um i'm surprised they're continuing with the conference championships because of social distance well this this is social distancing i guess if, if what they're doing yeah. but look so there's charter flights and charter bus rides and you can change everything about the ncaa tournament to make it where the number one seed duke stays home but so do all the other number one seeds and you may have to tweak things and let teams drive that to smaller arenas i get that so the hotels, the food that they consume, brought from other people, uh, the selection committee, they're going to get together, the 10 of them, in a small room for three days and talk with deliveries and ushers and everybody else outside. It's just so many things that don't make sense to, other than the fact that I really want to watch the NCAA tournament, make a good argument <laughs> for them a, to have it, right? There's a, there's a lot of things we want. I know, and the I money involved, be, but I mean, the TV yeah. money would still be there, but of course it would be, it might be. I mean, the first round might get better viewing viewership to see what it looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, self, I want them to play the NCAA tournament. I'm glad they're playing tonight. I liked my preview I wrote. I don't want it to go to waste. <laughs> I, mean, I can't imagine what, what the, why would you continue with it? I, I don't know. And, and Tom Loy from Irish Illustrated is going to be, by the time you hear this, I, I think he'll have a story already up that, you know, as of right this second, or, or I should say as of Wednesday, uh, football practice for Tuesday, um, March seventeenth, was still on. They had were not still been canceled. Had not been canceled. Yeah. They were still moving forward. The players were expected to come back. Not sure that that's even going to happen. And and I and I would say I doubt very much whether that's even going to happen. We have a lot of questions about how this impacts. It impacts everybody. It's also so, so I don't think there's. I, I just want to disadvantage advantage you can't even it isn't even something that you can consider or worry about it's also how are you going to suspend classes until the week before the blue gold game for students but then ask 90 including walk-ons maybe maybe not quite 100 yet to congregate in locker rooms and things like that and sweat all over each other it doesn't make sense if you if there's that much of a panic i should well, the wrong word there if there's that much concern over colleges congregating in classrooms Football players in locker rooms? It's it's it goes beyond it. You're not asking it's not so much that you're asking players to do that. You're asking the parents of those players to allow them to to, to yeah. return and go into the locker room situations and there's so much that's unknown about this. And I wanna I wanna say this. I, I was gonna put in my Thursday thoughts on it. The people that are out there on Twitter that are just dismissing this like it's no big deal. Who the hell are you? They're on Twitter. They're people on Twitter. Right. Who who are you to be making a statement like that? Your your words and your actions account for no one. Right. If you're if you're afraid of dying of getting the coronavirus, you're probably overreacting, but that's not the problem. If you if you contract it and you have to be treated in a hospital, you're taking needless 
space away from someone that needs to be in there. Believe me, I am married to a healthcare professional. The major concern they have is what's going to happen in hospitals. If people are gathering in large spaces and someone has a coronavirus and passes it on and 57 people get it right. at a Notre Dame game or at a Notre Dame practice, that, that's the problem. Everybody, look, obviously we're smart enough to know that if you're 35 years old, you're probably not going to die from this strand. Great. Well, no, I'm it's not, not helping everybody else, right? No, I'm not 35. <laughs> I know. And I'm saying, well, and actually, I mean, you would be at risk. Yeah. Yeah. Not as much as, and I've had people call me up and say, well, actually, I'll just go ahead and my, my relatives call me up and said, you know, this is, can you imagine mom and dad being alive yeah. during this right, right. now? Now, that, of course, would be a terrible fear, but the flu, the regular flu, is a terrible fear for the elderly as well. But this, sure. is, this is, people that compare it to the flu and use statistics about the flu don't get it. That doesn't mean you have to panic and go bunker down and hide, it's, but social distancing it's a clue, makes sense. It's a <laughs> clueless comparison. Right. It is. And I, you know what? Look, this is about Nordic football. And, we're, and I we're, just said I want to watch the NCAA tournament. No, I, get, no, <laughs> I can be I selfish, get. too. And I don't, I, don't want to go, I don't want to carry on yeah. any further with this. I mean, we can talk about... And we are going to because it's a it's a it's an Irish Illustrated Insider podcast. We're going to talk about some other things, but um, it it's scary. And I and I if you don't realize that, if you don't understand that, that in an entire country in Italy is shut down because of this, and you think it's no big deal, I just think that that's a little bit frivolous. And so, at the end of the day, both you and I and a lot of other people are anticipating that spring football is going to be canceled. Yes, basketball is going to be canceled. Yeah. And the NBA already has been. Yeah, I, I um, spring football at Notre Dame makes no sense to continue with once you've shut down the school and at other schools. Um, basketball, obviously, there's the money out there for TV that will be fighting to keep it open. Notre Dame football does not have to practice this spring. There can be contingencies made where they practice at another time in summer school for the NCAA. I mean, there's many things you can right. do. Right, and NCAA. I understand that, you know, if you're, if you're Notre Dame, if you're Brian Kelly and his staff, you have an eye on what other schools are doing too. You don't want to. Yeah. You don't want them to have a competitive advantage over you. But at the end of the day, nobody's going to have a competitive advantage here. And I'm not saying the NCAA should step in and say, "Okay, look, nobody has spring practice because some have already started." I, I mean, some yeah. have started earlier. And well, Notre Dame started, and they didn't have to take the break. They, they, they no, they they didn't. Boy, and spring it, break really put a. I mean, the traveling of spring break. Well, imagine really imagine Notre colleges. Dame thinking, okay. All these students are coming back yeah. from v- various places. And I want to, Pete Sampson is not here. And there's a reason. His children go to Stanley Clark School and Stanley Clark was closed because of this. Yeah, a possibility of this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think we're going to yeah. find out later today. But um, he's the one that mentioned to me that, do you know who went home for spring break? Alexander Ehrensberger. He went home to Germany. He isn't coming back. No. Not anytime I, soon. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, imagine all the people that did not cancel their spring break plans at Ohio State and Wisconsin with that massive population compared to Notre Dame. That's yeah. just yeah, horrid timing. Yeah. No, that I mean, just the fact that spring break happened during this really screwed no, there's things no, up. No, there's, there's no doubt. And, I, and you can imagine the brass in Notre Dame sitting around saying, oh, my God, this is a, they're, all, they're all about to come back from, well, to be very honest with you, my son got married last May, and, and one of the topics during that weekend was uh, their good friend was getting married in Mexico mm-hmm. in February, and hey, we're all going to Mexico, and they all went to Mexico. I haven't heard from my son. I think he's still healthy, and I'm not saying Mexico's right. diseased or no, anything, no, but, you're traveling. but you're traveling, and you're traveling out of the country, and you're on planes. My brother's in Florida now. He'll be flying back tomorrow. You know, I mean, these are all things... Um, 
that, that we often have to consider, and obviously it goes well beyond sports. We're going to stop at that, and we do want to talk about, before we finish this segment, uh, Notre Dame basketball yep. team, men's team, 80-59 to 59 over Boston College. Once again, we see another horrid team from the ACC. Yeah, and they're, they're broken down, too. You no, know, there's no doubt. Stephon Mitchell, and that guy should transfer to Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> he really should. Yes, yeah, he, he really should. Notre Dame played well. You know, and this is what yep. I want to say, and I said this in Thursday Thoughts. What a blown opportunity because this team absolutely is good enough to be in the NCAA yeah, tournament. Yeah, they are. They're 9-4. and four. They, I realize they, they're beating bad teams. Yeah, but there's a lot but of people compete, that beat bad teams. Right, and other than Duke, they've competed with the really good teams. They should have beaten Louisville. They should have beaten Florida State, absolutely. Well, one or, once or twice. That's the thing. Well, if, yeah. you win, if you win two of the three from Boston College at home in December, Florida State, and, and, and Louisville, Louisville or Florida State. Which you, you, you really should have and won. And I'll tell you what, the only one where they weren't any good was Boston College. I'll go ahead and give that one to the Eagles because Notre Dame stunk worse. No, that's true. But, but they should have won those other yes. two games. Yeah. they, they And if you win those other two fault. games, you kind of disregard the loss to Boston College. Exactly. Two Florida State wins, one-point victories that you had yeah. with a foul call and a made yeah. shot are victories over Florida State. Yeah. The best team in the conference. Right. So it's a shame that Notre Dame's short of winning the uh, the ACC tournament they're not going to go to the NCAA tournament and they're good enough they're good enough to play in it they're good enough with the right kind of draw they're good enough to be a sweet 16 team not just two games right kind of draw they're capable because they're playing good basketball also now. though they are capable of scoring 39 today <laughs> well we know we, <laughs> because this is but, a rough matchup no man, there's usually. there's no doubt I, and i don't think I don't think they're going to win. I don't, the but I don't think they will do. Virginia, Virginia probably won't score. It's not going to be a real pretty game, but most most Northern Virginia games aren't anyway. I want to say this, and I don't mean to sound insensitive, but if you ever shot a basketball in an empty gym, doesn't go in as often quite that easily. There are still point spreads and over-unders in these games. So, you know, there's a... Ah, yeah. Saying, you, <laughs> there's a lot of empty gyms around you're the like country a, right you're, now. <laughs> Just, O'Malley's looking at some unders here. empty gyms. You may, no, it makes sense. And anybody that's played basketball knows that the depth perception of the background is important. I, we would, when I was playing high school basketball, which was a long, long time ago, and you as well. You can't see that. You can't see it, but it looks wrong. Our sectionals, our sectionals were at Notre Dame. Yeah, it looks like you can dunk when you step on the it floor. It looks like you can dunk. You think when you drive to the bucket, you can dunk because the background is so deep. Uh, I'm here to say <laughs> that I got no closer. <laughs> Not even to a that. closer. No, Why would no. you? No, but, but ironically... And nobody cares about this. I did shoot well in my two games there, and that was, I think, more happenstance than it was. Tony Bennett's, talent. De- Tony, De- Tony Bennett's defense might change that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, last thing, where are we at in this segment, Tim? How much time? Drew Tranquil story, I thought was good for some. Yeah, I well. think Drew. Drew just. <laughs> God, I mean, the kid just amazes, and we've seen some great leaders. I, you remember when Pat Condon left? I, I was saying Pat Condon's one of the truly special leaders at, at Notre Dame, and and. And he was, but Drew Tranquil, read that story on Irish Illustrated because everything in Drew Tranquil's life is a learning experience. He takes it, he computes it, and sees what he can use and what he can't, and he moves on and he references it. And he's just, and it's just the learning process of becoming an NFL player. He just figured it out. He outsmarted the game. Not that he's not physically talented enough to be an all rookie as he was in the NFL, but he outsmarts the game. And I, every time I talk to him, you know, he, I, Drew Tranquil doesn't owe me a callback for anything, but he gets right back to you right away because he's an honorable guy. Um, Same as Pat Connaughton. 
Yeah, well, Trailblazer no doubt. Right Di- yeah. Very different personalities, yeah. certainly, but both great leaders in their own right. Yeah, Tranquil um, proves he can take Purdue decommits and it can work out okay. Yeah. Now, he was one of the best to watch Notre Dame because of how much he improved. Remember, going into his true his true senior year was 2017. Well, moving to Rover. Moving to Rover. He had not done enough at safety at all for someone to say that Drew Tranquil had worked out at Notre Dame. Going to his true senior year, no, other than being the Joker guy and the dime as a freshman chasing quarterbacks, you're, you're, I mean, he had two, really the, no career. The two major injuries, yeah. of course, prevented sure. that from happening. But when he was healthy and playing safety, he was not a good safety. No. It's what so a the, the great mo- career change. The mo- yeah, the move to Rover was great. Mike Elko came in at the exact right time, and then the then his decision to return for a fifth year so he could play Buck has paid off in the NFL. Which goes back to my point that Drew Tranquil is smarter than the game of football. He figures it out. He figures it out ahead of time. Love the guy. We'll be back. Segment two, burning up the boards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is segment two, burning up the boards. Our first question is from Wash ND. If Notre Dame still holds a spring game, do you think it will be in an empty stadium due to COVID-19? I just don't think they'll hold the spring game. Um, if they have spring practice for some reason, it will be in an empty stadium. And Kelly would probably still use the, the stadium for his walkthrough. I mean, if they're practicing, he would probably go through the, that would be the game day procedure he uses for, yeah. for the real blue gold what, game. I mean, I could see a practice. You wouldn't, if, if right. choosing, if, First of all, you're not going to do it with an empty stadium. You would just they would just practice. Yes, that one's actually for the fans. That yeah, that, blue yeah, gold I mean, game, blue so gold game is totally yeah. for the fans. Yeah. So they wouldn't they wouldn't conduct the blue gold game with an empty stadium. I don't see that happening. M Cabral seventy six Cabral. Sorry, it would appear that the big recruiting weekend next week won't happen. It does appear that way. Yes, how devastating will it be to recruiting? As it will be highly unlikely to get all these kids together on the same weekend. I wouldn't use the word devastating. I, I, I mean, I, you're, you're not going to get all them back together. That won't happen. But uh, Michigan, Ohio State canceled their game. I think Michigan, Michigan's canceled their recruiting weekend. I don't know exactly when theirs is. Man, how, devastating would be if it if it happened to you and nobody else, and that's not going to happen. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't find it. It has to be. Devastating. Of course, you're not getting all the kids together. I mean, if, if I guess if, if you believe that that is the key to the recruiting weekend. Yeah, but I mean, all those kids are interested in you. Right. They're not going to suddenly be uninterested in you because you can't host a weekend because nobody can host a weekend. It's not like you're not hosting it for no good reason. They understand. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, it'll be, it'll all be equal, generally speaking, with your competition. How would you pronounce that next name? Tony Kraft. One with an L. Is it an L or a one? Okay, (laughs) crap full. How much can improve tight end coaching? John McNulty being the new tight end coach. How much uh, can improve tight end coaching help the perceived offensive line blocking issues? You know, I never would have thought of improved tight end coaching by losing Chip Long until Kelly kind of noted. Sometimes the tight ends get the short shrift when your offensive coordinator is the tight ends coach, and that does make that does make sense in terms of drill work and drilling down. 
I would remove perceived offensive line blocking issues because if you read Irish Illustrated this week, there were the proven offensive line blocking issues in short yardage because they were a poor short yardage rushing attack. Now, to back up what Brian Kelly said, they were awfully good elsewhere. Um, they're, they're great. Uh, in I some, mean, a very, in some very great. good pass yes. blocking offensive line. And they, and they ran the ball well enough um, in the aggregate. The problem is they didn't run the ball well in the losses, and that matters. But third down, their third and short, is a, it was a major problem for Notre Dame last year. And people say, well, it's always been a major problem. They were outstanding in third and short, 70% in 2017. Remarkable. And now, of course, they had two other worldly athletes on the yeah. left side. But I am on board with this notion that John McNulty can help the tight end blocking. And Brock Wright being a senior that absolutely loves playing football now with a new lease on life. It wasn't Cole Komet's strength, but Cole Komet, a senior coming back, would be better than yeah, Coach he Takis been a lot better. as the third tight end blocking. Yeah. If you think of it that way, you're replacing Cole Komet's blocking with George Takis. Because Tremble's still there and Wright's still there. Yep. So, clearly, that's going to hurt. Yeah, in answer to the question, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think John McNulty, and it was something that Brian Kelly pointed out that... I would not have thought of. It was a No, no, and I, you know, I mean, he says a lot of things that... Coaches say a lot of things that sound good to coaches, and sometimes it's real and sometimes it isn't. I think there's some truth to this, that this is a guy that his, his certainly his attention is not going to be divided. There's no reason for his attention to be divided in any way. Whereas with Chip Long, there was always a reason for his attention right. to be divided away or, or uh, pulled away from the tight end. So uh, will that help the tight ends bl- uh, blocking-wise? Theoretically, it should. I think the thing that helps most is Wright's a senior and Tremble's yes. a junior, too. And Tremble became a quality move blocker last year. He's one of my most intriguing players of the spring. To, to not watch my... the spring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah. to hear about. I mean, because... He's the only one that can bridge the gap with the loss of Cole Komet. Yeah. Well, maybe Michael Mayer can. But, I mean, among the among the tight ends that coming back. for a true freshman. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. Griff Dolezal, who's on the field in the nickel package in a game like Clemson? It would seem the five best guys are Sean Crawford, Tariq Bracey, Kyle Hamilton, Houston Griffith, and Isaiah Pryor. Do you agree? And if so, who's playing where? I think you have to, you have to throw in the possibility of K.J. Wallace because he was the backup nickel uh at least in august a deep backup but a backup yes nickel. yes at least in august somebody that they like so i would throw his name into the equation um so it would come down to do you want sean crawford as your nickel and maybe somebody like kj wallace or even houston griffith at a corner or do you want Crawford at a corner and KJ Wallace develops as a as a nickel. I think it's the former rather than the latter. I agree, and I would throw in the caveat of Crawford and Bracey at corner, Griffith and Pryor at safety, and Hamilton as your nickel for the havoc he can. Ooh, reach. that's uh, okay. That's the only thing is you're taking away the roaming free safety that takes yeah. away a lot. Yeah, it's uh, a good. It's a good. It's a good question because there there are several several options here. It probably depends on how. Much prior, Griffith develop in terms of communication and coverage if they can actually not have Hamilton making up for every mistake people could make. I mean, all things being equal, you want Crawford to be your, your, your nickel, nickel, right? You do, yes. He's better in that role than every other role. <clears throat> That's a great question. It really is. Clemson, it really is for the Clemson game because other, other than that, I think you can play some standard nickel and, and beat their names. Right, right. Well, so, USC would be an issue. Now with spring practice about to come to a close, we won't have an answer to this this spring <laughs> at all. Uh, so we'll let you know in August on that. The the Irish Rover, would you move Joe Wilkins back to the defensive side of the ball? I haven't seen him 
backpedal except on a brief film in three years. I know they liked him at corner more. I don't really know why he had to move other than the fact that he came in and they had... They did not have Nick Watkins. They had what they thought would be Sean Crawford, Troy Pride, Dante Vaughn, somewhat healthy, and Julian Love. So you didn't need... And then you also brought in other corners that year. So maybe they just figured, here's a way to get this guy in the field. And he did get in the field. He played two games. This is before they really knew how to handle the Richard right. situation, too. Um, I don't know. Can he play corner? I haven't seen him play corner in so long, but I guess if Todd Light wanted him at corner, which he did. He, he did. I, I wouldn't... I get I the mean, point, either... though. You don't... How much do you need him at wide receiver right now? Less, right? Definitely less. Definitely less. You know, maybe you don't want to keep... You know, maybe the kid doesn't want to keep bouncing back and forth. I get that. Uh, at the risk of being offensive, does it really matter? Probably not. Um... And if you ask Joe Wilkins, it also doesn't matter because his only way on the field is to do what the coaches tell him. I would guess Joe Wilkins is a better receiver. Let's say guys get hurt. Joe Wilkins would fare much better at, at receiver than he would at corner. Yes. So that's why the move might not happen. For yeah. depth, it's possible um, when you run theoretical practices for the next two months. All right, breaking news that doesn't come after we stop recording. Statement from... Uh, uh, Brian Kelly, in alignment with the University of Notre Dame's decision to suspend in-person classes and the athletic department's decision to suspend activities for teams not in their competitive season, I have asked our student-athletes not to return to campus until further notice. With our student-athletes' health and well-being at the forefront of our decision-making and given the rapidly changing environment surrounding COVID-19, this is best for all the members of the Notre Dame football family in addition, we will not be hosting any recruits or recruiting activities on campus until further notice. Father Jenkins and the university leadership team put a great deal of thought into the plan they laid out for Notre Dame, and I agree that our football student-athletes should take the same precautions in an effort to reduce the likelihood of the transmission of the virus. So um, that it, it doesn't definitively say what they will try to do or will they pick it up at some point or make it up at some point? It, it doesn't really matter right now. But logic from following the university's initial move has yeah. followed. Yeah, right. I mean, if, if, you know, they're, they're talking about at classes will not resume at least until April 13th. So let's say they do res, resume April 13th. Well, then you pick it up then. I doubt that it will. I, I doubt. Yeah. You know, they would have a month. That is a yeah, but see, we don't have any. What what's our barometer? No, we, for have, we have no idea. But they have they have about a month to be in school and do. Well, I mean, you'd be doing spring practice during finals. You could do a truncated spring, though. I'm sure Brian Kelly would love to do eight practices between Absolutely. April 13th and Absolutely. the week before finals. Absolutely. So, uh, we at Irish Illustrator will have to be creative for the next couple of weeks. I was going to say, should we do our list of the 50 greatest Irish teams we've seen in the <laughs> countdown? <laughs> well, that's why that's why I interviewed Drew Tranquil and uh, Sheldon Day is next on my list. David Rivers will be involved in our Great. Uh, excellent. coverage. Excellent. Yes. Okay, breaking news that came within the podcast. Well, that's because we have new technology. How about that? <laughs> Irish underscore GL. Do you think Tyler Buckner's high school transfer will benefit him in regards to his transition to Notre Dame? I mean, I, I presume it's an upgrade in yes, competition. Yes, I, I, I trust that and, move was made for that move. And upgrading competition is always good for an athlete. He was a dominant force at, at his level of competition, so I think it, it's a great idea. Um, it cannot, it can't hurt him unless he gets hurt. But he is a, uh, I mean, he was too, he was just too good. Yeah, anything. The, the reports you got and the highlights you watched from games, you're like, my, 
it's a different level of player. No, there's no doubt. And sometimes it didn't matter what the competition was. It was just a re- it was a ridiculous. Yo, and that should continue player. at times too. But he, yeah. when you get challenged, I mean, he'll, he will now be challenged more. Uh, he will now be challenged on occasion, and that's great because he's going to get challenged a heck of a lot when he's trying to win a job next spring. Yep. Zombie by the grace of God. How many of this year's projected starters would start on last year's LSU team? Or I think I in putting this in parenthetical, this year's Clemson team is probably a more relevant comparison. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, um, Owusu-Koromoa. Well, yeah, they lost Isaiah Simmons, so there's right. a spot right there. Right. <laughs> Don't let him transfer to him. He might not. <laughs> he might be not quite as good as him, but, yeah, man, Owusu-Koromoa is just... He's a player. He's good. The problem is... That he has two years of eligibility left, and he's probably by the end of the 2020 season. Right? No, he I might, think he will. He's I, probably going to be too good. I think he'll be outstanding. I do not think he will. Re- I, you know what? Kudos to us because <laughs> the same year we had Darnell Ewell as our number one and number two player. We both had Osu Carmo number four. That's pretty high, right? Yeah, yeah. And he came along late <laughs> in the process. Certainly, Kyle Hamilton would be in the starting lineup for them. Yeah. Um, defensive line. I mean, they have a great defensive line. It all came back, so it would just be a good battle. Ogan Deji and Dale, a healthy Dalen Hayes, but, I mean, you're running into guys that have produced at the playoff level, so no, yeah, probably not. Yeah, I don't think anybody Not a there. running back or quarterback. You know, Kevin Austin could start as one of the three wide receivers because Justin Ross and Amari Rogers are proven. Um, it's, is it Frank Ladson that's coming up for them? I mean, Kevin Kevin Austin, we believe, will be better than – I mean, Kevin Austin could be better than Amari Rogers. It's just Amari Rogers has played yeah. four playoff games yeah. at this point. Running back and quarterback are out. Now, I know they lost four offensive linemen, so you could argue that three Notre Dame offensive linemen could start for them. Um, Jackson Carmen's a five-star recruit, would start for Notre Dame. He started last year he, in a heartbeat. He would start for Notre yes, Dame. Yes, Eichenberg. Eichenberg would start for play. Clemson yes. for sure at this point. Yeah. And I would assume if you move guys around that Robert Hainsey could start for Clemson too. And then, I don't know, because Clemson's got guys I've heard of I mean, Matt Bockhorst, I've seen play. He wasn't even a starter for them. What year is he in? Yeah, I know. That's So, I mean, they have a lot of really good players. Um, you yeah, run down I, their defensive line. I, I guess the purpose of the question is the Notre Dame doesn't have as much talent as them, which is what we've known for quite some time. But also Notre Dame's defensive line is not going against Clemson's defensive line. Right. That's not how it's played, right. so that helps out. CMU Penns fan Brian Kelly is the best coach Notre Dame has had since Lou Holtz. If you had the rank, the if you had to rank the three coaches between Holtz and Kelly, First which would be Bob Davey, Tyrone Willingham, and Charlie Weiss, in order of most damage done to the football product on the field, how would you rate them and why? First of all, I like Brian Kelly. He's a really good coach. Brian Kelly's the best coach Notre Dame has had since Lou Holtz. Is like saying Mike Bray's the best coach Notre Dame has had since Digger Phelps. I mean, it's really. Not that hard <laughs> of a bar to cross. No. They, they are both excellent coaches. He's not, I'm just saying. He's not I know. talking about those awesome, two guys. Awesome he's beginning. talking about the three. Well, Willingham's recruiting destroyed year three of Charlie Weiss. However, Willingham's one-year recruiting provided Charlie Weiss with a dynamite offense. No doubt about that. Um, Bob Davey inherited the keys to the castle, and the castle fell into the moat. I'm going to go with Davey. Even though Davey actually had more success on the field in terms of upsetting teams and winning. I mean, the 24-7 and seven at home, right? Yeah. Charlie Wise had to do a full rebuild in the middle because of the no. He brought in two offensive linemen, Tyrone Willingham. Yeah, I, I, I think I would. Weiss, by the way, is not the answer here. 
because the best players on the 2012 team in the championship game were Charlie Weiss's players. Yeah, I would I would pick Willingham having done the most damage just because of the overall recruiting. Yeah, that you're. I can't argue against you. He did not inherit the same thing that Bob Davey. That's my only. That's the only reason that you can even make an argument is that the recruiting was not the same level for Lou Holtz at the end. But if you look at those rosters at 98, 99, there were still some really good players yeah. in there. Yeah. I think you're right, though. I think it's the consensus. And it cannot be Charlie Weiss. I would agree. Uh, Judge Arthur Vandalay, who would you like to see Nordame schedule a home-and-home home with for your own personal selfish reasons? And you can pick multiple teams, but only one per Power 5 conference. Tennessee, because I love Knoxville. I've, I've, uh, I love I've, it. I love it. I've been there a couple times. Me too, but I'm happy to go back. I hear you. I hear you. So we're look, you're looking bucket list. All right, Oregon. I'd like to see Notre Dame play at Outson. Be probably a night game, and it'd be an awful situation for a number five ranked undefeated Notre Dame to go to Outson, and they'd be really loud, and there'd be issues why they couldn't get the snap and stuff like that. But Oregon would be a great place to go. Um, Army, because we've talked about this in the past. You pronounce it better than I do. Where is it? Mikey Stadium. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, Mikey, yeah. Mikey Stadium. I really want to go. I can I can hear uh, Tom Denon saying Mikey <laughs> Stadium. Yeah. So those are the kind of off the beaten path ones. Um, I mean, it'd be weird to go to Boise State or something along those lines, but I wouldn't care so much about Boise State coming to Notre Dame. Well, okay. So the the question is perfectly set up for me because it says your own personal selfish reasons. My oldest brother has lived in Eugene, Oregon for like forty oh, years. There you go. <laughs> so a home and home with Oregon would be uh, just fine with me. I love Tennessee. I didn't think of that because I've been there several times. I would say Auburn. They haven't been. Yeah, yeah Notre Dame's right. never been there. I've never been there. I would say Auburn. You know, there's some SEC schools where they've never been. Florida. I've been to Florida. It is incredible. I have a good, well, since we may have other things to talk about in the podcast next week, I'll tell my Florida story. Okay, next week. save that. Great place to watch a game. And they, that was the Spurger era. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those would be, I think Auburn, I think it's Auburn that Brian Kelly hinted they were in negotiations with. Um, but Auburn wanted to play there like September 1st and come to Notre Dame at the same time. He's yeah. like, no, no. If you're not coming in November, we're not coming down yeah. there. Georgia September. was definitely on our bucket list. Uh, and it absolutely lived up to And then Notre Dame, of course, played very, very well and, and lived up to it. But And uh, in a few years, maybe selfish reasons, I'd say Hawaii. would be a good home and home. I've been there a few yeah. times, too. Be a good home and home. There. Yeah. Fly yeah. Tuesday. Um, you know, I think Texas is always a good... It was a great time. Yeah, I think Texas is always a... a you know, and I, for me, it got, yeah, for me, it goes back to you know I went to the Cotton Bowl when I was ten years old in Dallas, and they played Texas. Texas had a thirty-game winning streak, so that again is is selfish reasons. We will conclude. Uh, no, that's not true. Tim, read that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to a different question. This is from Perm. I saw on twenty four seven site that Bryce Aiken, a point guard from Harvard, is grad transferring. I will already say right now, sign me up. Any interest here by Notre Dame? Looks like a solid player averaging nearly 17 points per game that could play a role for Notre Dame. Well, last if you remember our last podcast, Tim and I, Tim especially stated that you felt like there was a good chance that Mike Bray was not going to be back at Notre Dame. So um, I arranged to speak with him directly after the game on Saturday, and he flat out said no, that that's not true um, as far as him leaving. He said he still has things to do. He said, I can't afford to do it. Now, um, if if he takes a really stern stance on that, there's a possibility that Notre Dame 
could end up making that decision. My point is this. I'm, I'm veering off. I asked him directly about grad transfers. I said, what about, about a point guard? He didn't think so because he didn't think that anybody of note would come that way knowing that Prentice Hub has two yeah. more years and Cormac Ryan has three. So Bryce Aiken from Harvard is almost undoubtedly not going to be pursued by Notre Dame. Would you think it would be good to have another point guard in the mix next year? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of explained your perception of that to him, and uh, he just he just didn't think that it was that it was going to happen. He would like another big. Yeah, well, that's, and that's that mandatory with losing Mooney. Right. I mean, you so have he to will... find... You, you need a body when you lose Mooney. A guy that can rebound and stand in the middle of the paint and help out Juwan Durham. Because Juwan Durham, who could have a solid fifth-year senior year, he has his moments, he need he will need help. He's just... He, he absolutely needs help. And there, there. There's, there's, he there's has just... his merits, too. He, he I mean... But you need another big. Look, you're losing Mooney, Gibbs, Fluger, and you're gaining... Ryan Carmody, and you can pretend you're gaining freshmen, but if you want to compete, maybe you're gaining almost a freshman out of Zona and Hughes. Does that make sense? You know, what I mean? it's yeah. Is I Zona think, really going to come in and be any better than Lashewski was last year? Lashewski was a bad basketball player last year, and now he's a pretty if good. If he one. shoots it well, but he, if he that's right, he could make shots that Lashewski didn't. He, right? He's a capable shooter. Yes, and now I say. Last year, I do not mean Lefchewski was bad this yeah. year. I mean, as a true freshman. Um, another, another reason why I say this this, this current Notre Dame team, it's a shame you're not playing the NCAA tournament because all those guys are playing well. They're playing way better than they were. Yes. Oh, they're not even close to the team in December. Hey, Mike Bray said it. He got together with us the last time we really got to talk to him before his road trip. And he's like, I looked at the film of that BC game from December. Man, we were not a very good team, were we? No. I mean, that's, he was right. And now... No. They're a viable, fun team to watch, and are going to play the most boring team to watch that strangles you and wins championships, yeah, you can not, imagine. It's not going to be pretty. Um, I do want to throw, I've, I've got another Twitter question here from Irish Gambler. Please compare and contrast the 2020 team with the 2019 team in terms of your confidence level heading into spring practice. More, more answers. Do you see fewer answered or unanswered questions? Last year, there was concerns total, at... Total concern with linebacker. Total concern with linebacker. And at the beginning of spring, defensive tackle. It was totally alleviated by the end of spring, though. We were like, well, this could work if no one gets hurt. Right. And it actually got better than we it thought really, it was by yeah, far. Yeah, it really yeah. did. I was... Remember how much I was complaining yeah. about running yeah. between the tackles? It got better. Yeah. I mean, Michigan was a problem, but that's... Everything was everything a, was problem. a problem. Yeah. Um, really liked the quarterback situation last year. We do two now. Uh, running back... I would stats wash. I'd rather have Chris Tyree than if I. I mean, yeah. Tony Jones would start, but I'd rather have Chris Tyree in the program than Tony Jones a fifth year. Theoretically, senior. theoretically, the yeah. offensive line should be should way be. better. And I, I had concerns last year. We had concerns because sure. we watched 2018 and no one believed us. Um, the offensive line, I have a much more faith in now. Uh, linebackers, you have more faith in corners. You have way less faith in. Yeah, you have to. Um, and you know, we didn't are, know we didn't it, know how good Chase Claypool was going to be, but we figured he was going to be good. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. We thought Fink would be better than he was. Yeah, to even those things out, and we we thought it was humanly possible Kevin Austin at this point could play game five. Still, that wasn't. I don't think we really got that until late <laughs> April, early May. So it got it been a nice addition. To oh, that that's offense. right. We did think we, we just knew he was a four game. We knew he was a four game guy at this point. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know. You don't have Cole Komet, so I know. That's, that's 
I, I think Tommy Trimble can take a really significant step, but you still don't have Cole Komet. So, I don't know, there's give and take there, I guess, if you add it up. Um, I like offensive lines, defensive lines, quarterback, and corner. They have three of the four. So I like the team in terms of its base roster. When you have a good defensive line and backups, good offensive line and backups, good quarterback, you need you need good cornerback play nowadays. It sounds weird to say corner is number four, but nowadays it really is. Got to be up there. Yeah. So that would be the main. I'll throw one more in here uh, from NDF underscore Discord. Last season, the linebacker position, especially Asmar Bilal, surprised. What position group and player do you think will surpass most expectations this season? So who? So the expectations are on the running backs. That would be my answer then. The cornerbacks. That would not be my answer. They're fragile. If someone gets hurt at corner, man. One of those two. Yeah, I mean, they really, really need, and this is asking a lot because neither played last year, they really need Isaiah Rutherford and or K.J. Wallace to take a significant step yeah. up, and that's it's just very on, difficult to do not having played last year. They're just on the spot more at corner. I mean, you, in the running back, the aggregate of Armstrong, Flemister, Tyree, gotta, I mean, they're get, if nobody was getting a Tyree at corner, you yeah. know? Yeah. Armstrong, Flemister, Tyree, Kyron Williams... Jameer Smith, you get something out of that, right? With a good offensive line and Ian Book and your, I mean, Tremble and Wright blocking. I, I think they'll get enough out of the running game. I really do. I th- well, I mean, it's there's just players you there, have to. Right? Be, yeah, I mean, there's you have to gain something with some experience, whether it's yeah. just practice and or not. I mean, Tyree is a that's a huge. <laughs> if he could be healthy and get the ball, touch the ball seven times a game. Yeah, I, I'm. I think running back is going to. You know, I mean, there. Jafar yeah. Armstrong has to be better at this stage. And if he's not, it'll be Flemister. Flemister will run well with 15. Right, Jameer, Jameer Smith is yeah. somebody that runs hard and, and lowers his pads. I, I would say running backs. Will be the rising up group. Yeah. Agree. And we'll let you know more about that in August when Notre Dame resumes yeah. spring practice. It's going to be very strange. Um, it, it totally changes our schedule, which we'll have to uh, keep everybody informed of as we move forward. But right now... Notre Dame spring football has come to an end by decree of the University of Notre Dame and Brian Kelly's statement today. So uh, we will have to let you know on uh, either via Twitter or on our message board as to when we'll be gathering together again for a podcast because right now we don't have any spring practice to talk about. So thanks for joining us today. We're sorry to share that bad news, but glad to get that information out to you as we received it. Thanks for joining us on Irish Illustrated Insider. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com slash support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics. I'm gonna move, baby, way out on the outskirts of town.